What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Met City Soccer Show. I'm one of your hosts, David Gussler. I'm back this week, filling in for Vaughn. Yeah, we missed you. Matt, I know. I was going to say, yeah, I was just listening to the podcast back on the flight back from Florida. Having Vaughn on the show makes me feel very inadequate and makes it seem so much more professional. So I'm excited to be back, though, to right, fill it, in the silliness. So It makes me feel <laughs> inadequate, too. Vaughn's Vaughn very is so no- professional. Yeah. yeah, he's very knowledgeable, very good on the mic. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Vaughn, we love you. Thanks for filling in last week and thanks for joining the show. But Matt, we're back this week. Um, unfortunately, not <laughs> on good news. Mm-mm. But Matt, how are you, sir? I'm good, I guess. Tired. Good. I suppose. <laughs> I was going to say, did you finally catch back up on sleep after driving back <laughs> round trip 14 hours to Cincinnati? Yeah, it's taken a, a couple of days, honestly. I'm, I'm old, yeah. so it takes longer for me to recover. <laughs> What do you mean? You're like 30 years old. What are you talking about? So well, I wish I was 30 years old. <laughs> I'm only like a few years older than 30, but I, I'm pretty sure it'll take me the same amount of time to recover as it has for you, <laughs> sir. So, um, well, welcome back. I'm glad to be back this week. I wish it was on better terms to talk about Charlotte FC, but um, we're here this week. We're going to talk about, you know, Charlotte FC's recent match against Cincinnati. Uh, we're going to talk about our thoughts, opinions on the starting 11, which I'm sure is a hot topic button for a lot of fans um, mm. and the subs, those kind of things. And then we'll get into our NYCFC preview, uh, what we expect to see, what do we think Charlotte FC is going to do this coming up weekend. And then we'll go into fan Q&As this week. But Matt, I have to ask you because we all followed you on Instagram. We all saw the, the road trip up with Chico. Um, how was your experience in Cincinnati, sir? Let's hear about it. What did you think about the match, and what did you think about the area? Oh, yeah, so the the write-up was amazing. Uh, it didn't seem like it was seven hours. It felt like it was more like three. So we, we had a blast. It was me, Chico, and, and Blair, um, and just had so much fun. Um, as you guys, some of you guys may have seen, I uh, was able to ask Chico some questions on the way up. And uh, took some training tops and thought it'd be funny to switch them out every time I ask a question. I was trying to see how long it would take for people to notice or if anyone would notice. Uh, but after about the third or fourth one, people were like, are you switching out tops every time you take you ask a question? So I uh, had a lot of fun uh, going up there. And then other than that, not so much fun. <laughs> I have to say, like, it took... It took me like one or two videos to realize that you were changing kits. But I have to say, the fact that you were able to go, I don't know, maybe like two hours worth of questions and not have to recycle a kit, I think goes to show you have a problem with purchasing kits. I do. I I have a problem. Actually, so I got in the mail today. I I got a 2006 Landon Donovan World Cup jersey. Get ready uh, for that World Cup, sir. I yeah, see. I thought I thought I'd get one that I hadn't uh, ever got before. So, well, I'm pretty sure that 2006 kit, or really any kit, is better than the quote unquote leaked kits that are coming out this season. <laughs> it's for, so, for it's the World so Cup. bad. It's so bad that I probably won't get it. That's how bad I, it is. I won't get it either. Like that's that's really bad. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we'll save that for the World Cup episode yeah. that'll be coming up in in the fall here pretty soon. But um, I'm glad to hear that you had a fun time. I know a lot of folks enjoyed the Q and A and the videos that you did while in Cincinnati or on the road trip up to Cincinnati. Um, I have one personal question before we get into the Q and A. But how crazy of a driver is Chico? Just out of curiosity. 
so <laughs> he didn't I like drive. how you have to say so when you pause <laughs> for a second. <laughs> so typically he drives his truck everywhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Blair was nice enough. She was nice enough for us to take her oh. vehicle. And I think because of that, Chico was a little uh, a better driver. But I, but I will yeah. say Chico Chico's a very good driver. Even in when he's driving fast and stuff, you still feel safe. Um, <laughs> I don't see how he does it, but he's he he powers through, man. And uh, yeah, but it, it it was nice. But we we took another vehicle. We didn't take we didn't take his truck this time. Did y'all stop for any kind of like sightseeing or see anything interesting on the way up to Cincinnati? No, we we wanted to, <laughs> you know, because we're riding for seven hours, wanted to get up there and then start, you know, meeting with other members and tailgate and or bargate or whatever you want to call it and and have some fun. So nice. How was the bargate? Where, where'd you guys meet? Like, I'd love to know. I, I just want to live by curiosity through you, sir, and understand what that was like. Oh, gosh. What is that place called? Um, I was underwhelmed by Cincinnati, honestly. Hmm. Uh, I'll just I, say I've that. I've never been before, so yeah. Eh. Uh, eh. Uh, <laughs> Meh. Eh. Isn't that the state, uh, isn't that the state of Ohio? And I'm just joking. I know your wife's from Ohio. So. <laughs> oh yeah, so she's from Cleveland. Um, and people give Cleveland a hard time, but I gotta say Cleveland's a lot better than Cincinnati. Uh, Sorry, all you people that are from Cincinnati that listen to the show. I'm sure we have like all, one person. So. All, all 2,000 of you. Uh, but yeah, no, we we went to one of the local breweries. Uh, pretty nice space. The name is eluding me. Ryan? Ryan House or Ryan, Ryan Haas or something like that? Ryan Geist. Ryan, Ryan Geist. Yeah. Sure. I think that's the name of it. Uh, it was a nice, nice space. Uh, hmm. It'd be good for, you know. I, I could see how Cincinnati fans would go there and watch games and stuff. Very nice. nice. How many uh, uh, how many yeah. fans did you see up there that were Charlotte FC fans? Uh, a a good bit. Um, you know, we had uh, of course some people sitting in the the away section, but I, I feel like there was a lot of fans just kind of hmm. sprinkled in elsewhere too. Nice, nice. Yeah, was that as much as DC? Not as much. Not as much as DC. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll dive into your game day experience and what was the vibe like in that soccer-specific stadium here a little bit during the Q&A. But um, eh. let's dive right into <laughs> our fun, fun thoughts about <laughs> what that game was like. But um, oh, man. Matt, I, I know before we even get into our overall thoughts for the game, I know I texted you during the game or right before kickoff about that starting 11. Um, so for those who weren't aware, obviously Charlotte FC walked away in defeat against Cincinnati. FC two to nothing, um, but it was a very interesting lineup. I felt um, that, and for those who don't know, um, just seeing Matt's on video right now is rolling his eyes in in disbelief of this lineup. But um, Charlotte stuck with that four three three, but some pretty big changes I feel in the starting eleven. So for those who aren't aware, you know you obviously had uh, the back four. So Moore and Fuchs keep continuing to switch in and out. But you had Walks, Melanda, an awful start this game. In the center, I think you've seen this, what, a week or two now in a row where you've had Bender, Jones, and Bronico. Um, but up top, you had Yozwiak, Rios, and Vargas. So um, Carol Swarderski did not get the start this week. So um, Matt, what is your initial thoughts driving seven hours to Cincinnati and seeing that starting 11 for you, sir? 
Okay, I, I hope you're ready for all this. <laughs> I, I am ready for you to unload, sir. So, so I have to say, at at, at halftime, I sat down in my chair, and for the first time, I I thought to myself, I might not go to the next match. Mm, that hurts. And it was the first time I questioned just how much time and effort I was putting into this team. I hate to say that, um, but keep in mind, I, I, I had gotten up at 3 a.m. to get ready and had yeah. to and had you, to get over to packed, Chico's house. You packed 20 kits in the back <laughs> right. of the pickup truck. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm up at 3 a.m. I go over to Chico's house, which is like like 45 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We get ready and then we I ride for seven hours to the game. So by the time I get there, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired and exhausted. Um and I knew after the game, we're immediately leaving and I have to ride seven hours home. I get it's all my own doing. I get it's a little crazy. But after seeing the starting 11 announced and after that first half performance, I really, yeah, for the first time question just really how much time I'm putting in all this. Even, so even before I joined Mint City Collective, uh, uh, I have been and still am one of the admins for one of the Facebook discussion groups. And I've been doing that since like 2019 and uh, would, you know, been posting a lot in there, just keeping people up to date when I can on things. Um, and then I started being the communications director for Mint City Collective at late 2019 and have pretty much posted every single day since then and try to do my best again to get information out to people. And um, so that's a lot of time and effort i put into it and i know other people have given just as much as i have i get it um but i have to say just personally it it really for the first time made me question things and this match just drained me Mm. uh physically and mentally and like emotionally um and look i i know we're gonna have bad games i i know you're supposed to support the team through the good and the bad um it's good that we're making mistakes now and it's good that we're making them quickly. But I, I mean, I have to admit this one, this one was a rough one for me. Um, none, nothing about this game gave me any joy. Uh, and then the past five or six games have just been downright disappointing. Um, there've been some great moments this season. Don't get me wrong. And we talked about a lot about that in the last episode with Vaughn, but man, this one, this one was rough. I've got to say, yeah, I'm, I remember listening back to that episode with Vaughn, and, you know, it, it, it is an expansion year. It's the first year of the club, and there's obviously pros and cons to everything, right? And you want to enjoy the moment and soak it all in. And we've talked in the past episodes about that as well, and being part of a supporter group and leadership. Like, you'll never get the first year back, right? It's always mm-hmm. something that's going to be something special. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. It was a very... I don't want to say like emotionally draining, but it was like a deflating game because like seeing that lineup right, and right. seeing seeing our our very first DP signing not even start in the starting 11, right? In a yeah. game where you know that you have to get three points to stay alive in the playoff like, you know, race, which we all know, like we're still technically al- alive in it, but it's like two right. or 3%, like super small. Yeah, but to see that lineup go out from where we were, what I mean, back in February, remember when we were doing the episode 
right after the the Carolina Cup in Charleston, and we're talking about like, oh, what's the lineup going to be, and what are we going to do, and like, what's going to be how we're going to finish for the year, and to be here now, the last week of August, first week of September, being like, we're not even starting our DPS. Like, what what's going on, right? Um, and I know we've we've given Miguel flack in the past about starting eleven and subs, and I think this is the first time like I, I've been I've been giving. Christian Latanzio, the benefit of the doubt of experimenting and trying different things here and there. Um, but this was this is when I had a head scratcher when I first saw that come across on the app and, the, and Twitter to see this starting at 11. Now, granted, did the club and the team keep it competitive three quarters of the first half before he made subs? Yeah, it was pretty competitive, but it was not something that I was expecting at all, um, especially after the last episode we talked about where we were like, hey, is Daniel Rios going to be the odd man out? And now here we go, and he's starting. Um, well, he starting tra- He trained well, David. He trained well. That's what. So that's that's what Latanzio has said. He he trained well, and Swiderski was tired last game at the end of the game. Well, no shit, because he runs the whole game <laughs> and does a lot. Yeah, he's probably tired at the end of the game. But my <laughs> right. my my thing is, why do you start Daniel Rios? He you have Carol you have Carol Swiderski. Or you have Andre. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Is that like, <laughs> even if even if the mentality was, I want to put Carol Swiderski in as like that 10 to kind of help distribute the ball. Why would you start Daniel Rios over Andre Shunashiki, yeah. who you just re-signed for a long-term deal <laughs> yeah. and committed money for? And, and what is the what is the logic behind that? And then actually, if you think about it, towards the end of games, when when teams are going for it, they're lobbing balls forward and trying to get balls in the box. You want someone who's actually good with with their head. That That's Daniel Rios. That's, he's, he's good at holding the ball and holding play. So, like, that's so, what he's good at. Yeah. So when Carroll gets tired at the end of the game and you're heaving balls forward, that's that's how, that's who you put in. You put in Daniel Rios then. So it makes no logical sense to start Daniel Rios. I, I'm sorry for Daniel Rios fans out there. Again, I think he can serve a purpose on this team. Actually, I think he's going to be not here next year, but uh, maybe he will be. I don't know. The way he's training, apparently, it's it's you know out of this world. Um, but it's so for me, you, you mentioned experimenting. I'm done. I'm done with experimenting. So here's the thing. Latanzio is interim manager, but he's not brand new to this team he's been here all year you should know who your talent is you should know what you have on the field you should know who your backup is you should know in certain situations who to put in there shouldn't be any experimenting right we we never know who the starting right back is going to be it's like a, a coin toss between Jalen Lindsay and Harrison awful and it's it's nice to have depth but it's even nicer to build chemistry and you can't do that when you're constantly changing. And cool. oh, then we had the Ben Bender, uh, Quinn McNeil experiment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because now we have <laughs> we have the Bender Bronico Jones thing going. So why did we ever do the Bender McNeil experiment? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, it makes it makes absolutely no sense to me. And what I'm getting in press conferences from our coach. And just like Miguel, it never makes sense. Can we get somebody in here that can make logical decisions 
and then be able to actually explain what the hell they're doing? Because we've had two people who cannot do that. Yeah, and, you know, and I don't know. You you shouldn't be experimenting 29 games into the season. And, (laughs) like, to put that into perspective, 29 games. The team is 10, 17, and 2. Current state. Before this game, they were 10, 16, and 2. You shouldn't be experimenting to say, you know what? We have a 3%, but before Saturday's game, we had a 3% chance of making the playoff. You shouldn't be like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna change things up, and I'm going to start a player who hasn't had any minutes in three, four, five weeks and go, you know what? You're going to start in the starting 11 now, and then it, bench your DP. And then, it let's, it, yeah. and then let's talk about the subs. Let's talk about the subs in, in the 58th minute. You bring Swiderski on in the 58th minute, but you bring him on for Bender. Okay, so is Swiderski now a midfielder? Because we've done this kind of twice now. We, we've experimented. It's literally like when I when I, I used to coach 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And, you know, you're trying to get everybody playing time. And so, like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, Johnny, um, I know you're a defender. How about you play, mm, play, play center mid for me real quick? Just, just get out there. Don't, don't worry about. It. Just have fun. Just chase that's, the ball. That's what this. That's what this seems like to me. Can you imagine Poland's national team coach right now thinking he's probably wondering what the hell is Karol Swiderski <laughs> and Kamil Jozwiak doing on this club? Like, I hate to say that, but they're probably wondering. Like, you have a guy as your DP, your highest paid salary player, and the last game you sub him out, or you move him out to right wing. And then this game, you move him into like a number 10, like center mid, like role. Like, what are you doing? Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. So, so we make that sub in the 58th minute. We wait 10 more minutes. We put in Santos for Derek Jones and then Andre for Daniel Rios. Why do you wait 10 minutes? When you're already down one to nothing at that point. Yeah. Like, what, what, are, what are you waiting on? Like I, I know you have to watch Santos's minutes, and he did not he did not have a good game, did not get off to a good start. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see how he does next game. So I, I I get maybe you're watching Santos's minutes, you know, just get him into the to the match. But Andre for Daniel Rio, why why do you not make that move 58th minute when you're making these other moves? Why wouldn't and, you just start Andre and then sub? Oh, so. I don't know, cause. Daniel Reeves had an amazing training session that week. Um, and then the 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 one that I, I again, I, I don't know what's going on. 86th minute. Reyna comes in for, for Vargas. Uh, what the hell do you think Reyna is going to accomplish in four minutes? Well, how about how about Nathan Byrne as well? Like, like what are you doing? Like four or five oh. minutes for Harrison awful. Like what, like what, what quality of play and conditioning are you going to get for four minutes of game time? Like, I, yeah. I mean, again, you have these window, these sub windows, like make it, make a damn decision quick and do it. Um, so whoever I, I we could talk about, you know, I, I feel like we, every week now we're, we get questions about like, is Latanzio going to stay and everything like that. Um, I'm afraid that he is going to stay, um, but I'm very apprehensive about the whole thing. From everything that I'm seeing, uh, I want this. I need Zoran. I need David Tepper to 
sit in a room and say, okay, we have really screwed up here. Um, we got to get somebody good. And, and, it, and, and it's got to count. And I, and I want to clarify too, because I don't think we've had some mess ups earlier in the season and bringing talent on and maybe, maybe listening to Miguel, maybe bringing on players that weren't a right fit. I don't think it has anything to do with, do we have the right players or talent on the team? We have talent on the team to be competitive. Do we have some holes and some opportunities to improve for next season? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I I have to question and understand the logic of the subs and the starting 11 at this point of the season with yep. the talent that we have. We've got, granted, am I, do I think Jordi Reyna is like this all-star caliber MLS player that's just going to light everyone up? No. I think he has his, his highs and his lows. But why would you wait four minutes to bring him on with game time left? Why would you bring on Andre Shinyashiki 20 minutes yeah. left in the game? Like when you're down two to nothing. Like I like that, when you have talent on the bench like that, sitting there, it doesn't make any sense. And well, that's where I, if I'm the scouting team, I'd be like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like like pulling your hair out? Like I, we've given you some players. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I mean, why do you take Reyna when he's on a high? I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to sit you this game. Or we're going to sit you for like, three games and we won't see you again. Same thing with, with Andre. Oh, you have, you have the hot thing, hot hand and everything's going well, eh, but we got other people that we need to get on the field. It, t- to me, and, and look, we, we don't see what's going on in training. Correct. Yeah. I've, I've been to a few, but the media and everything only gets about 15 minutes. They get the first 15 minutes and it's all like short sighted bull crap that you see every team doing. It's hey, um, go, go run some sprints and stretch and whatever. Yeah, and and so you know, all I've ever seen is short-sighted games. Um, I never see finishing drills, set pieces, uh, set, any any of that stuff. Um, and we can we'll get into uh, balls being played in the box to absolutely no one uh, or no one being there. Um, but it, so it's, so, but we don't see who's training well, who's not training well. Apparently Daniel Jones, Daniel Rios is really training well. Um, but it's, it's very odd to me. The, the constant rotation. I've, I've never seen any other team do this. Now teams, you know, we'll have like a position or two that they will rotate sure. in now. And, and then, of course, you have injuries that all is factored in. But I've never seen just so much like massive changes. Like I said, the the Bender Quinn McNeil midfield. What the hell was that about? When now you've gone to this and again. Latanzio's been here. He's he's not brand new to this team. You know the the team that you have. You know the talent that you have. So what is what is going on? Like, is it that hard to figure out like your best starting eleven? And like, is it that difficult to say? Is it Jalen Lindsay or Harrison Awful? Like, what what is what is happening? So I know we're gonna go into like some game details and big moments, but what do you what do you say to the fans? So like obviously losing two to nothing is not great. And we can sit here and criticize starting eleven, who they thought who we thought should have played, etc. But if you look at the statistics from open play, right? 
Sharovsky had 64% possession, had an expected goal of 0.88, had 14 total shots, the same as Cincinnati, um, 86% accurate passes. But only two to their shots on, on target. <laughs> right, you know, only two on target. Uh, 10 corners. Um, you know, it, so if you look at the second half for Charlotte FC, almost a, a 0.74, almost expected goal. Um, 0.61 in the open play expected goal. It looks like on paper, Charlotte outplayed Cincinnati. Like mm. 100%. If you look at the statistics, if you look at analytics, Charlotte outplayed Cincinnati in terms of that perspective. What do you say from the fans that may look at that and go, well, maybe it was a, the best decision to do it. Maybe it was the best starting 11 to play in the first half. And maybe Latanzi was trying to make a spark in the second half if we weren't down one to nothing or 2 nothing at that point. Like, did you see that translate on the field when you were there in Cincinnati, or did you see something else from no, your the, eyes? The first half was garbage. Flat-out garbage. Daniel Rios had a 5.7 rating. Shouldn't have started, period. Don't know what else to say second, about that. Second lowest on the team outside of Christian Kalina, who yeah. obviously is going to be lower oh, because of two goals. Allowed, but. I'd like to talk about Kalina, by the way, and I'm going to make a lot of people angry. So just wait for that. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, these vanity metrics are great, but they're just that they're all they're all surface. We had all those shots, but like I said, only two on goal. We we can't create good chances, and we're certainly not finishing. I I will say we had one good chance with the Brant Bronico goal or potential goal in the second half, where he had ball fall on his lap there with mm-hmm. the penalty box. And just did not get the ball under control and was able to get a good shot off. That was probably our highest expected goal opportunity in the entire game, yep. um, which we created a chance. Because we don't, play, we don't crash the box. We don't Correct. get people in the box. We dick around with the ball, pass it around the back, pass it to Derek Jones. Let's maybe see if he'll play a positive ball forward. And then we get it out wide. We cross it into absolutely no one. And then we just do that for 90 minutes. So when we do have chances, we we press. When we do have chances, we get people in the box and we have people moving off the ball well. Um, and, and also, too, we got outworked in the first half. They beat us to every single loose ball, and I was it, I was about to lose my mind. I will say the second half... Look, it seems like I don't know what Latanjo says at halftime. And the same thing happened at the last game that we had as well. The first five to ten minutes of the second half, we press and there is oh. hustle yeah. on the team that is not there in the first half. That is not yeah. there like at the start of a game. Why can't we get that in the first five to ten minutes of the first half of a game? Like that was like probably the best five, ten, fifteen minutes we looked the entire game in the second half at the start of kickoff. And all yeah. of a sudden we had that chance that Brant come up. Yep. Obviously we're, it was only down one, nothing. All of a sudden we had possession, we had control and then we just let our foot off the gas. I don't know if the guys get gassed or what, but we, we had chances in the start of the second half. Yeah. It no, just we, seemed like it didn't continue. Yeah. No, we, we played a lot better in the second half. Uh, I, I will say that for sure. Well, and when you have your DP come off the bench and shocker. Jordi Reyna and Andre Shunashiki come off on the second half. You better look better. You better look good in the second half versus the first half. 
Yeah, no, uh, but and it's it's hard to press for 90 minutes, but sure. we always look the best when we're pressing as a as a team instead of just Swiderski running around the field trying to get the ball back. And everybody, like I I see this all the time. I see it on on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. People giving Swiderski a hard time because he's he's animated and frustrated. Let me tell you, I'm just as pissed off as he is. I would <laughs> Did, be. Has anybody watched the fans furious. in the stadium the past three weeks? Yeah. Has anyone and, seen any of the fans because they're animated and pissed off yeah. as well? You can you can you can complain about him. I I get that that may rub people the wrong way, but Swiderski wants the ball and he wants to win. I've I. Terry Terry Henry is is one of those players too that will kind of drive you a little crazy too. Like if he doesn't get the ball and perfectly the way he wants it, he's he's gonna let you know. He's animated. He's gonna say something to you, but he's a winner, and he scores goals. And it comes with the territory. Um, I don't. I never like the flopping. I don't like anybody doing that. So that would be one thing that I maybe wish he would stop doing, but. Uh, I would be frustrated too if I were him because he's not getting the ball and get good spaces. Uh, he's not getting any help. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be just as angry as he is. I think I am just as angry. I mean, as he is. Can you imagine him and his perspective? He's sitting here on a World Cup year, trying to make a, a positive impact mm-hmm. to show up on Poland. Yep. And this is the result that he's getting every week in and week out. Yep. Eight goals for the season. Basically, the first his six goals in the first quarter of the season, and then went on a drought. I'm sure he's loving that perspective for his international appearances. Yeah. But back back to the game. Like I said, we we played we played a lot better in the second half. We we moved the ball well. Um we created some chances. It just seemed like we were playing a lot of balls, hopeful balls into the, into the box from out wide. There's really no one on the end of them. Um so, I mean, that's something that I think we need to work on. Like, I, I was going back to a lot of our other results, and most of the time we have most of the possession. But it's, you know, what do you do with it? What's the intent? We always talk about that. And I just think, you know, the two shots on goal says it all. Like, we're just not getting enough good chances. And, um, I mean, I, I think the second goal came against the run of play. Um I'm just getting a little unlucky. Santos has a bad touch. Um, and then Kalina just can we, it's kind of can frozen. Can we break down that play for a second? And sure. just because like I um, I got very frustrated just seeing it happen because I, I played I played center back. I played I played right back growing up. Right. And so mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed and, you know, Santos like that, that was just poor play. He got pressed. He's not used to MLS. It's, it's his first live minutes for Charlotte FC. I kind of want to give him yeah. some some grace there from a certain point of view because it's like, dude, like sure. he doesn't know anybody on the team, right? Um, but one thing I noticed was that you had two center backs standing back at the six-yard line. You had Melanda and you also had Walks sitting back there with Christian mm-hmm. Kalina. And Kalina decides mm. to kick the ball to Santos, who's 20 to 25 yards out, with his yep. back turned against Cincinnati, probably doesn't understand 
the words, the verbiage, the play, the plan, whatever it is, right? So not only do we play a bad ball to Santos, who is not prepared for it, but we keep everybody on side because we have our two center backs at the six-yard line box, and every single person in Cincinnati is on side. So yeah, no matter <laughs> even if Santos like loses the ball, Cincinnati is able to play it to whoever they want because everyone's on side. And if I'm a if I'm a defender at that point, even if Kalina played a shit ball, which I think he did, because again, he does most back, of the time. You had I'm two sorry. center backs. You had two <laughs> center backs sitting there beside him yeah. waiting for the ball. Yeah. You kept everyone on side. And so now you have essentially three guys that are running on ball for Cincinnati that the ball could go whoever they want and have free reign of what they want to do with it because everyone's flat footed sitting back at the six yard box. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't understand 29 games in why that's still happening at this point. I, I th- you got to start with who put you <laughs> under pressure. I Sorry. I, I'm on my soapbox there just because yeah. I'm, I, I played defense and I, I was a yeah. back when I played, but I'm just like, I wanted to pull my hair out watching that because I'm like, Oh my God. Like I knew, I knew exactly what was going to happen the minute Santos lost the ball because of where we were positioned in that, in that position. Yeah, and so we'll talk about some positive stuff after this because we've gone sure, very negative sure. here. We, we have, we have. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I've got to say, and this is, you know, I'm going to talk about Kalina, so a lot. This is going to make some folks mad. Kalina's been great this season. We've called him Super Kalina. Uh, he's a good shot stopper. He desperately needs to work on his distribution. His distribution to me sucks. I I get so frustrated with him. One, the ball will get played back to him, and he has time to actually play it out wide or play it to someone's feet, and he just bashes it upfield, and then uh, we we lose possession. Yeah. Also, his his possession out of the back too has hasn't been great. Kicking the ball out of the bounds, putting people under unneeded pressure. Um. He's been suspect lately, and I I, I want to say Matt Barbie I think wrote a question kind of uh, about that. Yeah, like it's it hasn't been great. Uh, it could just be a, a bad run of form or whatever the case is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I like Kalina, but he's made some mistakes this year that have really cost us. And like I said, his his. Play out the back has not been great at all. His decision making, again, when I know at the end of the game, you're trying to, you know, get the ball of the field. That's different. But like there's been game after game where the ball gets rolled back to him and no one's pressuring him and he decides to boot it upfield. And it's like, that's the time to play it short. Um I I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see him clean. Clean that up a little bit. Um, So, yeah, yeah, this game sucked. This game really sucked. Well, let's transition to some positives. So I I have one or two positives I would love to just kind of to share. But like what what were some of the positives you took away from this game? Um, Spending time with friends. No, um, <laughs> yeah, this is a Saturday morning sitcom special. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, uh, well, first, I, w- I want to say, like, uh, Joe Labou, the, the team president, he came up and before the game, oh, cool. uh, luckily, he came up before nice. the game. I'm glad he didn't see me at halftime. Um, yeah, but he, he came up and and um, 
talk to the folks <clears throat> up in up in the away section. So I, I thought that was nice. Um, as far as the game goes, um, we did have uh, positive moments of play. We looked sharp and dangerous once we had kind of our our main. Uh, talent out there mm-hmm. uh good to see santos out there i know he didn't have the the best game but to your point david it's his first minutes he got put under pressure he's getting used to the league and we've heard time and time and time again that people are a little ca- caught off guard by the the speed and the physicality of this league so uh but it was nice to get him out there nice to see burn get out there for you know a handful of minutes um <laughs> for five minutes yeah um uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've still been impressed with uh, Melanda. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a really good acquisition. Um, man. I, I, yeah. I think Melanda and uh, Kuruho is going to be our future center backs. Like, I, I, I do think that's the yeah. plan. I think Walks will be here next year again, potentially as depth and as a as a sub here and there, potentially. Uh, but, like, Melanda yeah. and, and, and Guzman, I, I think, is the future there, right? Um, I really have seen and been impressed by Vargas lately, um, getting more mm-hmm. consistent minutes. Is yeah. it, he has a few errant passes here and there, mm-hmm. but he has been a little bit more confident being able to put some shots on, being able to press, show some speed. There was one moment, and I want to say it was in the it was either in the fir- towards the end of the first half or beginning of the second half, and I wish he would do it more, and frankly, I wish all of our wingers would do it more, is they tend to, when they get the ball, either pause play, hold up play, or just go right to the corner and just cross it and fingers crossed, hope and pray it gets through <laughs> yeah. whoever and there's a header or an errant touch to get it on goal, right? But there's a moment where he was able to push the ball. He took a man on one-on-one mm-hmm. and was able to get a, a card out of it. And yeah. Cincinnati's left back got a yellow card. I, forgive me because I don't, I don't know their roster off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But they were... It towards the beginning, end of the first half when that happened, or beginning of the second half, and now that that player has got to be on guard because they've already got a card on card on them now, right? And I wish they would continue to attack like that. I wish they would have the confidence to take players on one on one, and be able to say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna put you on your toes, and force you to make a mistake, or force you to like foul me, right? And be able to get more cards and more fouls and more penalties. And I wish I would continue to see that with more Vargas. I know Gaines tends to do that. Gaines needs to continue to work on his finishing and his crosses mm-hmm. in those moments. But he does tend to take guys one-on-one and have some speed there. And Camille's shown it from flashes here and there. I've been actually pretty happy with Yozwiak the past two to three games. I know we've been pretty critical of him of late. But the past mm-hmm. two games, like, he's shown some flashes. He's shown some potential there maybe he's getting more comfortable he does tend to play better on that left side than he does on the right side um but um Vargas and Yozwiak have been probably the the two moments the past game that stood out to me other than Melinda back there in that in that back center back yeah I I would say uh Reyna is is a decent about willing to take people on and and, and I've said it on this show before like I if you if you try to take someone on and lose it, I'm okay with that because yeah, I, I'm yeah. looking for intent, right? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? And if it doesn't come off, that's that's fine. Uh, you mentioned Gaines. How I, I know Gaines gets a lot of crap uh, for that final product, but how good is he 
getting past someone, either with speed or a, a little trick or flip or you know something like that. Uh, now again, once he gets past him, it, that's where the <laughs> where he needs some work. But with with Vargas, yeah, like him and all of our wingers have to try to make a play because sometimes we're we're not getting anything through the middle. The long ball's not working. So sometimes you you get it at your feet and you have to run run at the at your backs. Um because like like you said, you could you could put people under pressure, get cards, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and make it really difficult. But you you have to be consistent and then also team your your team has to be aware of this. There has right, to be some recognition right. or, or the coach either has to give those instructions or at halftime should say, you know, hey, their right back is on a yellow card. Let's go right. at him. Press him. Like right. make make him ha- make a mistake and yeah. get another card or be yeah. more conservative when you get in the box because he knows that he's already on a yellow. Yeah. Like get get Vargas the ball. Vargas, I need you to run at this guy. Make him foul you. Or, you know, get get past him and but we also have to have overlapping runs. He has to have some options too. So to to be dangerous, he can't always be expected to, to sure, beat someone. Sure. But yeah, he he does. He definitely has that willingness to to take people on. I uh, I've been pleased with him. Uh, I think it was last episode. I, I was with with Vaughn. I was like, I, I want him to beef up just a little bit. Um, I, I not, agree with that. Yeah, not much because I don't want him to lose that speed. But uh, um, but yeah, I've been I've been pleased with him. Yozuiak has played a little better. I uh, just need to keep seeing more. I've got some more games the rest of the season. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then Reina, I'm totally clueless on is is this man a part of the plans going forward? Is he being sold? Why? After he was doing so well, why was he benched? Is it because of Yozwiak? It, it just—is it because of this rumored transfer that could potentially be like who knows? Yeah, right. So it's a little, it's a little odd, but um, yeah, um, there wasn't a ton of positives about this game. Just short little spells, but um, yeah. What do you think about and just to, out of your curiosity, um, Fuchs not getting minutes this game? I I don't know if that is just rest or this indecisive. I don't know who my best left back is or right back is. I, let's right. just flip this game. I, I think this game we need to do. I, I don't know. We we have talked about that. You know, more is more. More is more of a stay at home defender. More uh, is more of a defender. Yeah. <laughs> Fuchs is more of your offensive minded. You know, playmaker out of the back and and maybe. Um. Latanzio thought he needed a little more defensive bite back there. Maybe Fuchs is, you know, maybe this is rest. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's tired. Yeah, he was really tired that last game at the end. Um, yeah, so, all of our all of our damn players should be tired at the end. I never mind. That was stupid. Yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So we'll, we'll get off our high horse here for a second, Matt. Um, yeah. So let's. <laughs> Any other final closing thoughts about Cincinnati? Um, obviously, on the ride home, I'm. Ex- I, I just imagine you like 
snoring and having the seat reclined all the way back. How was how was the ride back? Yeah, I, I tried to sleep on the way back. It was really difficult. Um, <laughs> I, I made so I made this. I think it may have been a dumb decision. So I drank at the bar, but I didn't drink too much because I was like, hey, I got a I got a seven hour ride back. I, I should probably quit drinking. And maybe that was my problem. <laughs> I should have just kept drinking because I didn't you drink. Should at, just, you should have just blacked out through the whole thing. Yeah. we gone through it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't drink at the game either. And I probably in hindsight probably should have just got completely wasted. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I didn't. I was in a bad mood, honestly, on the way home Um, after, you know, <laughs> I remember. I don't that. know if you remember this or not, but I remember texting you after the game. And my response was just like, so. Oh, yeah. And that was it. And you're like, so. Because <laughs> like, I wanted to see how you're feeling. I was like, oh, shit, he's, no. he's, he's kind of pissed off. I'm not going to poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to get in that car and, and get home as soon as possible. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I said all, all I said before. But, uh, of course, this weekend – me and my wife are gonna go to the game, and we'll we'll try again. Nice. That's what that's what's nice. all about. Nice. Well, let's uh let's look forward to this weekend because uh, that's that's what we we have to do, right? We have to hopefully walk away with something positive and hopefully something that's <laughs> worthwhile here. Uh, but this weekend, Charlotte takes on New York City FC at home. It's an early game, Matt. It is a one p.m. game on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's let's look ahead on this. So Charlotte, last time we played New York City FC, uh, we played it actually in Red Bulls Arena, um, yeah. even though it wasn't it was it was a New York City FC home game. Um, and Charlotte walked away uh, as a victor in that game. Um, so what should we expect as we look forward to taking them on again in a rematch here in Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, the good news is we're we're at home. I guess that's good news. It hasn't really been a factor that we've played at home past couple times um but we are back home uh new york has not been playing well um they lost after losing to us they they beat chicago but then they they lost to orlando city dc united who has not been very good this year and um recently lost to new england three to nothing they have to play tomorrow and they play cincinnati Hmm. Um, hmm. that's going to be a big game actually too, um, considering NYCFC keep falling in the standing. So, yep. um, and so Cincinnati sh- keeps rising. Yep. Yeah. So short week for New York too. Uh, now they have to travel down here. I'm sure it's going to be hot as absolute balls on Saturday. Uh, it's, it's actually going to be in the eighties for this game. It? It's in the low eighties at kickoff, which is what? one of the cooler kickoffs oh, wow. that we've okay. had lately. Um, and hopefully we avoid these sporadic summer showers. It, uh, no, what, what's what's going to happen? It's going to rain right before it's the game. Be, and then the humidity right. is just going to like swelter. Just everybody. make it 90 degrees again. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly what's going to happen. It's, I jinxed is what it is. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I you know, let's be optimistic. We, we have a good opportunity to win this game. I'll say that. Uh, we've done it before. Uh, we've done it on the road. Um, like I said, they come in on a on a short week. Uh, having to play a tough team, so uh, this is an opportunity to get another win. Um, I, for me, kind of playoffs are out out of my head at, at the moment, especially after Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not seeing anything that's 
you know, making me think that we'll go on this massive run, but crazier things have, have happened and we can start here. Uh, and we can win out the rest of the season, David, if we if we want to. So there you go. <laughs> it's as simple as just putting more goals in the back of the net than the other team for the That's rest right. of the year. That's all we, we have to do. And we can start Saturday by getting that getting that first win for a while. So I, I really think the team needs it just from a confidence perspective, and I think the fans need it from a confidence perspective to yeah. be able to say like beating beating new york wasn't a fluke and we can beat them again mm-hmm. and we can win at home because it's been a while since we've won at home yeah. um and the fans need it they need that encouragement because let me tell you i was on that stand leading chance in the last home game <laughs> and uh <laughs> that second half was rough man when when we went down and it like you can just see the you can just see the air sucked out of the sails from that like fan base when they went down two to nothing and we needed yeah. so badly. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that. Cause I, I, I noticed that too. Um, and it's really the first time I've seen the fans just kind of shut down a little bit as well. Um, so I hope that we have a lot to, to cheer about this, this Saturday. We, we, we need it. I certainly need it. <laughs> um, we wear the, <laughs> we all need it. <laughs> we wear the. Um, I'm trying to look. We wear the black and mint. We do. Mm-hmm. Is this the last time, or do we do it? We wear it one more time. Hold on, I'm gonna. I think I got it right here. Um, I want to say that we have one more. I can't that's remember. Right. I remember that, yeah, we have that's one right. more. It's like black. You know, black yeah. out the the stadium, whatever it is, or mint yeah. out the stadium, whatever it is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's. Uh, we wear it Saturday, and then we wear it for the final time, October first against Philadelphia. Mm, um, mm. So just people That's the that appreciation game, I believe so. Mm-hmm. And just so for people who don't know, um, the the black and mint kit uh, will not be around next year. We'll get we'll get something different. The the blue and white. <laughs> yeah, no, the Carolina <laughs> kit, as they call it, the blue and white. We'll have that for next year, but the the black and mint one we will not have. So, um, it's pretty amazing kit. So I'm sad that we we won't have it next year, but um, I'm looking forward to to seeing the the new one. Yeah, I I, I selfishly I want to see a third kit because I'm pretty sure we've led the league in kit and retail sales this past season at multiple points of the season, and you know selfishly I want to get that third kit. So, and yeah. you know, as someone that's sitting here across virtually from someone that tends to buy every kit possible, I'm sure you're, I've you're done my part. To have a third kit too. Yeah, exactly. You have done <laughs> your part for sure. Um, I, I want to say maybe if we, if we don't get it this time, if sales, if we can match what we did last or this season, uh, we, then, we have a good shot. Come. Yeah, I, I think so because we do have to. Um, and we've had episodes before where we've talked about how far in advance these have to be created. Um, we're talking like a year or two in advance. So it, it could be hard to do the third one. So we might be working on the third one now. Let me let me let me talk to some folks. Let me see what I can dig up. Let me see what yeah, I find I, out. I, I think if anybody's going to get any answer on kits, it's going to be the guy here on the show. I, so. I think I should, I, I think I should announce the third kit. If we ever have one, <sighs> speak it into existence, sir, because that's how we got you to do the expansion draft. Just keep, 
You need to call Joe. You need to call whoever and just keep saying, you know what? Let me model the third kit. I have every kit possible. Have you just take off each kit like a gobstopper <laughs> and all of a sudden the last kit available is the kit that's going to be, you know, the that new would, kit for this season. That would be pretty funny. But I, I think I've used up all my favors. I, I don't think I'll, they're going to let me do I'll anything text, else. I'll text Brittany a friend of the show and see if she can set you up for the be a model on the, the video release. I, for you know, kid. maybe I should just do the, <laughs> nobody wants to, for me to actually be a model, maybe just announce it or something like that or be a part of it. That would be cool. <laughs> I, sorry. now I'm imagining you just being a model for the, for the team. That's, that's, that's going to be your new day. No, that that's, um, <laughs> that's one thing that I probably will never be. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, so looking at New York City, obviously we beat them last time. I know we're we we need this win drastically to keep any kind of playoff hopes alive. Um, and looking at the table, obviously New York's at four, um, Cincinnati's at eight. So Cincinnati obviously is going to be playing them before they play us. So they're going to be going all out for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us to keep any kind of hope alive, we're at thirty-two points now. Seventh is at thirty-eight points, so we're a good six points behind. And I believe Cincinnati has a game in hand where they're at 28. Yep, you're right, to 28 yep. games at hand. So um, Charlotte has to walk away with three points this week. Like, they have to. If they do not, it's it, playoffs are done. Like, you you can't go into three <laughs> weeks in a row of saying you need three points and then not walk away with any points. So Yeah, I mean, we would literally, I think at this point, have to win out to, yeah. to have a win, shot. Win out and also have others help us out, I think, at this point. If we... If we got 15 points, that we'll puts us at 40, points. I think that's 47. 47, sorry, yeah. 47 points. Um, and even then, it'd be tough. It, I mean, that got that got people into the playoffs last year, but yeah, last like year's 40, not this year. Yeah, 48. You know? uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, like, we, we've had so many opportunities with some of these other games going in our favor and just we just haven't capitalized even even one even one more win uh would would be great but um just not in the cards so uh if we win saturday um i think that it could jump start a winning streak you never know but to win out um especially playing red bull and uh philadelphia that's that's a that's a tough ask to say the least yeah well matt um so i'm gonna put your foot to the to fire here for a second but what do you think this weekend's result's gonna be looking ahead i i really i really want to say two to nothing us i really okay. think we can i really think we can win this i i i want our players to get pissed i want them to get pissed off and i want them to run and get some yellow cards and like get get angry um and do something Um, have have play play with uh some pride and a chip on your shoulder and and do it in front of the home fans that's that's what i'm that's what i'm looking for but i i think we can i think we could take this one and we we got to just not even for playoffs just some some home pride you know quit losing at home yeah if there's one thing you have to do you have to win at home and selfishly uh, this is going to be Laura's first home game in the supporter section. Oh, nice. I somehow convinced my wife 
I, I didn't convince her. We had some friends and those kind of things convince her to, <laughs> to come and join the sub order section. Sure. Um, she is probably never, ever going to come back to this section again. So it's got to be worth it. So I'm, I'm going to just will this team into winning against New York City FC. Yeah. I want her to experience her first beer shower. I want her to be angry on the way home that she smells like beer. I, I want her to experience the whole thing. Um, so I'm going to say we win one to nothing. Okay. That's it. All right. There you go. Let's get some positivity back in this thing, let's man. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it, man. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll just speak it into existence. So, yeah. Um, well, sweet, Matt, let's, let's take a quick break here, and we're going to transition to Q&A here when we come back. Sounds good. Welcome back, everyone, from that exclusive break that we just did with no sponsor, but that's okay. We're back. So, <laughs> Matt, we're, we're going to dive into one of my favorite segments. I know I was, I'm was i sad I missed out on last week's Q&A with Vaughn, and I have to say before we dive into Q&As, I have to answer one question that was from your friend Donnie about <laughs> did Carol Swiderski accept my friend invite on Instagram after that last episode, and I have to say he did. Nice. I'm now friends with Carol Swiderski on mm. Instagram. Good um, for I you. Slid into his, I, I slid into his DMs, asked him why he doesn't post anything from Charlotte FC, <laughs> um, and he did not <laughs> respond back. So, no, I'm just joking. I did not. I did not send that question, but that's okay. So, um, but let's let's dive in, sir. So, um, so this first question is from Eric Hill. So, um, set your Cincy road trip bias aside. Who has the bigger impact on Charlotte <laughs> FC's fan base? Is it A, Chico, good 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 option, <laughs> or B, <laughs> Sir Minty? And use your own criteria of what impact means on the fan base. So is it Sir Minty? Is it Chico? What do you think, sir? Oh, man, uh, this is a fun question. I, so uh, we talked about Chico, I think, when we had Joe Labou on. Uh, Chico has been an amazing ambassador of the team, especially early on, uh, even before we had a squad and coach. And, uh, you know, Chico goes to every game. Uh, Kids, adults all want to get their photo taken with him. When we were in Cincinnati crossing the street to go to the stadium and Cincinnati fans, it was was a family. The dad stopped Chico so they could get a, a, a photo with him. Um. And she goes, always so nice, um, always says yes, always so pleasant, and and just, like I said, just a good ambassador. Um, and then, you know, Sir Menti has now come onto the scene, and he's been great. <laughs> he's been great for kids and, and adults alike, and I, I think it's, uh, I think he's had a great impact. I don't know who will have a bigger impact. <laughs> Probably Sir Minty, because, uh, well, Chico does have merchandise of his own, too. So I was going to say Sir Minty has merchandise, but so does Chico. Um, I'm just going to say they both have a great impact in different ways. I'll say that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think yeah. um, Chico obviously has been here since the existence of the team. Mm-hmm. He was here early on. We talked about him with Joe Le- Joe earlier. Um and selfishly, like I love Chico. Chico is such a great guy, and he's always yeah. been super helpful and friendly to anyone and everyone that's always talked to him. Um, 
Sermenti obviously is there for the memes and <laughs> is just amazing with his dead eyes, just staring into yeah. you with a smile, um, with yeah. his, his chain and big cleats and a crown. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think they both have a positive impact. I do think um, Sermenti will become eventually more mainstream. He'll be, um, he'll be global. He's global. Yeah, it's 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 a mascot. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's what happens, right? Yeah. Doesn't Arsenal have a mascot, sir? Like don't don't they have some mm-hmm. kind of crazy mascot? Yeah. Gunnersaurus. Gunnersaurus. That's that's right. Because that makes so, that makes a total. Ton of sense. Mas- <laughs> so mascots don't have to make sense. They're for the kids. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, but they both have a huge impact. So I, you know, it's a good question. I made me ponder for a second, but yeah, good I'm gonna question. say I'm gonna say Chico just selfishly because he waves <laughs> our flags into the stadium. So, um, but good, good question there, Eric. So, um, so this next question comes from Chris Tyler. So was the drop in form this late in the season expected due to being an expansion team? Or is this what other teams have done of late in MLS? What do you think, Matt? Uh, first off, it was it was nice to see Chris in person. Uh, he, he traveled up. Uh, oh, it was good nice. to hang out with him. So, yeah. Uh, was the drop in form this late in the season expected due to being an expansion team? Uh, we talked about this in the last episode. For those who did not listen to the episode with Vaughn, please do so. But he does a great job of breaking down kind of how we fare against other expansion sides. Um, the drop in form, I think, is because of one, we lost Carujo and then to our center mid kind of debacle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people moving on, uh, Ben Bender and McNeil as our midfield for a little bit. I, I, I just think the drop in form is, uh, has a little bit to do with, with that. And then what we talked about earlier, the, the erratic, um, starting 11, uh, the questionable subs, all that kind of comes into play. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for an expansion side, we're still doing relatively well, even though we've had this big dip in form lately. I think um, I, I'll say the other alternative. I, I, I didn't expect this drop in form. Um, I, and I know Vaughn has the statistics and, you know, we've we've won just as many home we've we've won just as many games as any other expansion team in the history of MLS like 10 home 10 wins is pretty good right mm-hmm. the it's problem right. is we haven't we haven't drawn anybody we either win or lose one of the two <laughs> yeah. right yeah. um but for me like i expected us to continue to improve game over game throughout the season even with miguel leaving with tanzio coming on granted like you said losing Corujo was a bigger impact i think than many people expected you had the midfield essentially, Franco, TT, all disappear. Sergio Ruiz get sent back out, right? You, you had all these factors at play, but like the guys have had 29 games to play together. Mm-hmm. It's not like we've added too many new pieces. We've added Santos a week ago to the to the roster in terms of game minutes. Um, it's not like these guys haven't been together since February. And sure. so for me – I expected more and I didn't expect to see a late season drop in form because I expected them to improve and build week over week and see that improvement throughout the season. So for me, it's been disappointing to see them of late not be as successful as they were potentially mid season or earlier on. Well, I I think the summer window says a lot. We got two defenders. Yeah. We got a right back. So we have three right backs, right? And then we have a center defensive, you know, center back. 
So, which that was a blessing in disguise because Kuroho did go down. So that, that helped. But we brought in Santos. Um, yeah. If you look at dip and form, like one, why didn't we sign anybody else? Two, what was the holdup with the visa? We talked about that last episode too. And Vaughn Von and I, we, we still don't know um, what what took so long. So yeah, and you look at I think the dip comes from other teams. One figuring out how we play, and we're very easy to figure out how to play and beat. And then other teams are bolstering their lineups, and we didn't yeah. do it quickly enough, yep. or in my opinion, efficiently enough. Like it just wasn't good enough. Uh, now we. I mean, Go ahead. Sorry, David. I was just saying, I mean, like, look at earlier in the season when we when we were looking at the the schedule on paper early on, we're, we saw Toronto. And we we're like, yeah, that's that's fine. Like, that's gonna be two easy wins. <laughs> like, no no problem, right? Sure. And all of a sudden, Toronto sits there and just does a complete one eighty and like flips their roster around, turns the season around, and all of a sudden is playing pretty damn good. And in that same time frame, we didn't do anything. We didn't have any of our new players play right. against Toronto right. in the two matches we had against them. And yep. they were somehow able to sign half of Italy and bring them on and play <laughs> and score goals. You know, so I'm sure Sean McIntosh is happy about that. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, it's frustrating. So I think that that explains the 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 dip in form at the yeah. at the end here. Yeah. I mean, we earlier in the season, we were looking ahead and probably thought this would be an easy stretch. And lo and behold, it was one of our tougher stretches. Yeah. I, so. I assume that we would bolster li- the lineup in the summer somewhat. And then, you know, we'll really spend the cash this offseason. But uh, we really didn't. I don't know. We, we got players, but they were basically too late getting here. Mm-hmm. So I, yep. I, I don't know. So, yeah. There you go. Well, this next question comes from Kate. And Kate, I, I know you try it, David. You Do it, David. You want to make sure you get your, your last name correctly. I know Matt Skiff said it correctly previously. I have not, so here I go. Uh, Kate Kosturski. We'll see. I, I think that's pretty good. That's close. Yeah, pretty close. Hopefully, we'll, yeah. we'll find out. She'll let okay. us know in Slack. Um, so the number she wants to know what is the number one thing Charlotte FC needs to do in the off season to help improve on this year's performance. Uh, we talked about this last episode. Son, a center mid. A playmaker, um, a right mid, and a left back. Start there, and spend a boatload of cash. Let's spend some money. Let's yeah. let's go get somebody big. We we lost out on Paul Areola, who was a winger. We needed a winger at the time. U.S. Men's National Team player. He's played pretty good this year. He's a pretty good player. We just didn't buy him. Um, maybe he didn't want to come here, but I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what we need to do. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you 100%. I got, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with you on that. So yeah. not, not, nothing different. So, yeah. um, so David Kelly wants to know, do you want a new coach with MLS experience or would you like to look for a coach with experience elsewhere outside of MLS? Or maybe we'll, they'll hire one of us with no MLS experience. <laughs> it would be nice to have someone with MLS experience, but it needs to be someone that can get the best out of the talent we end up with next season. Uh, I don't know. Ben how, Olsen? No. no. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how much say the new coach will have when it comes to player acquisition. 
uh, if if Latanzio stays, I don't know how much say he's going to have. Um, we we listened to the first coach and got some players in that I, I don't think the the really the scouting team was high on, and we ended up moving them on. Um, it's also going to be interesting interesting to see what what markets we look in for talent and. I also don't know what the directive from David Tepper is. He may say, um, in this third in the third year, I want to be profitable. Uh he's I'm making all these upfront investments. Um, so I want you guys to go out there and get me a bunch of Miguel Almorons. And if you, for people who don't know, Miguel Almoron was a pretty great player for Atlanta United. Uh, and then they sold him for a boatload of cash <laughs> overseas to, to Newcastle. So um there's a lot of variables in that. Uh, Chico gave that uh, amazing quote on the road trip up <laughs> that in life there are many it's variables. variables. You just gotta, you just gotta run there's with just, the uh, There's so. a lot of variables, um, so I don't know. <laughs> I need that made on a shirt ASAP, please. Um, so yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I I, I wonder if the team approached it this past off season as you know what like we have this idea but we're gonna let miguel or whatever coach we hire kind of help us out right and mm-hmm. i think they realize that bit them in the ass a little bit and maybe they take the approach now of like you know what the scouting and the sporting director is going to have final say we're going to build this team and this culture and this roster with this mentality or this thought or this scheme and then the coach is going to come in and just coach, right? And if the coach leaves because they get promoted, they get fired, whatever it is, we know that the core and the base and the the mentality is there, and we're going to keep going and building off that. So that way you don't have a situation like Atlanta mm-hmm. where all of a sudden the coach leaves and it just falls apart, right? Um, so well, I, I wonder if that's the case, but I, I don't know what's going to happen. That's the way we're supposed to be set up. The sporting, well, we, I think we were supposed to, but yeah. I don't know if that was actually the case. Based well, no. off of, yeah, I yeah. Mean, so I, I think we've seen the results. Yeah, we were we were set up to do that. The coaches is just here to coach the players, especially because we got a bunch of players in before Miguel got here. But I think Miguel was very adamant because he didn't really. I don't. He. Well, I know he didn't like the players that we had, and I don't think really liked the direction we were going in. So he was pretty adamant about what he wanted Zoran and the scouting team I think you know kind of gave in a little bit and was like hey all right yeah we hear you here's what we can do we'll get some players on loan and it just I I think probably in hindsight they wish they would have probably stuck to their guns a little more Um, and, and I'm not saying that this is how we should be set up I'm not saying yeah, the sporting director and scouting team were like, here's your players, coach. I'm not saying that that's the, the right formula, but I think that's what we're supposed to be set up to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, granted, we have a, we have a newer sporting director. We have a new scouting department coming into an expansion club. They're going to make mistakes, right? It is what it is. It's the sure. first year. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully what yeah, we can do is we can learn from it and yeah. we improve. Yeah, you can't get it so. all right the first time. There's just no way. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this next question comes from Bryant Caves. And this one, I have to say, Matt, is uh, it's a little out there, but I, I love the the thought process a little bit. So uh, if you had to create a starting 11 <laughs> using only characters from the 90s ABC TGIF lineup, 
Who are you choosing and why? Okay, I want to put a lot more thought into this. This is a hilarious question. I want to put a lot more thought in this. So let's let me go back and come up with something great, and then I'll either post this on Twitter or answer it in a next episode. What we probably should do, and I think what some people started doing in Slack when we got this question, is like they were giving their best eleven Star Wars characters or wrestling. <laughs> Uh, character so i i think we can have some some fun with this one and maybe maybe we uh put it on twitter and we can have a conversation with everybody and everybody can jump in and and give their own take this that's that's hilarious well all i'm saying is is that if it doesn't involve the tv show dinosaurs and the starting 11 is the entire (laughs) roster from that show then i'm done with you Matt. that's all wow 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 (laughs) <laughs> I'm dating myself there a little bit, but that's okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it was a great question. We'll definitely circle back yeah, and have a fun episode with yeah. that one. So, um, so Mike DeVos wants to know, especially since you decided to pack every single one of them with you, sir, up to Cincinnati, what is your favorite warm-up kit, sir, and mm. why? The Unity kit uh, is very beautiful. I, I, I like that one, but I got to say – I got a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say compliments. I don't get compliments usually. It's, it was like more questions. So I, I, the last year's military appreciate, and it's just a camo kit. Uh, the camo one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it actually looks decent on me. Um, but I, I still lean towards the unity kit. I think that's still my favorite one. Unity kit's probably one of my favorite just from a, from the concept and the design it's different it's out there yeah it's very colorful i love that mm-hmm. um, Same. and i have the jacket too which is really really cool yeah i wish i bought the jacket but um yeah. it's okay so um yeah I, I think that's probably one of my favorite ones there um i actually really like um the pride kit from this year too i like that one as well just mm-hmm. with the colors and those kind of things like that i thought that was pretty cool so yeah um i do wish the club would do some something specific or personalization specific for the club, but I understand it's MLS. They're not going to do that. It is what it is. Don't yeah. want to go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but yeah, those are really cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, how many kits do you have? Rough estimate, Matt, just from I Charlotte have, Oh, I, all the ones that they put out. How many have they put out? Every single one. Okay. So I, I, I wore seven or eight in the videos and then I have the Kalina kit and then I have the white and, pink one or whatever you want to call it the black and mint and then the blue and white of course so 10-ish give or take something like that well we'll keep adding sir (laughs) until you're joey from friends walking in with every kit on that's all we need yeah people keep asking me to do that and like uh, i need to get some time to like just try to put them all on and see what happens (laughs) you're gonna stretch them out if you do that so yeah (laughs) just 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 realize that um awesome so thanks mike so this next one is from daniel wicker yeah Um, so where did cincinnati stadium rank in mls venues you've been to so i'm definitely interested in that one because um, a lot of folks have made a lot of stink, a lot of noise around soccer-specific stadiums. Mm-hmm. Nashville most recently opening up theirs, Austin FC, Cincinnati, et cetera. Um, where do you rank that one, and what was your experience like, and was it worth it to have a soccer-specific stadium? Uh, well, first off, too, I got to see Daniel uh, in person for the first time. And nice. for people who don't know, Daniel Wicker runs our MCC Analytics account, which is very nice. Um, mm-hmm, but, so mm-hmm. it was good to good to see Daniel, like I said, and hang out with him. Um, but to answer his questions, I was very underwhelmed, to be honest. 
Um, why? Just why? Just out of curiosity. Eh, maybe I built it up too much in my head. I was, I was pretty excited to see the stadium. Um, one half of the stadium has like the the box seats and there's some cool aspects to the stadium. They do have a big standing uh, away section, which is really cool. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like, eh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, other than Skyline Chili and uh, Harambe, that's disgusting. Know, that's I, I, I almost, <laughs> if I was in a better mood, I, I thought about doing a video of like buying Skyline Chili and just immediately throw it in the trash. <laughs> You should have done that. I would have, I would have loved that content. That is the content we are all uh, here for, sir. And yeah. I'm super disappointed. You Sorry. Not yeah. So. I was just in a pretty <laughs> shitty mood. So sorry about that, guys. Yeah. You should, you should have done that. I'm so disappointed in you right now. Um, so, but yeah. Um, so this next question comes from Paul Hagen. So another one of these hypothetical questions. Um, we have a one time deal to straight out swap five of our players with players from any other MLS club. Who Ooh. do we get rid of oh my God. and who do we pick up? Okay. Seems like we need to do a whole episode of the TGIF lineup <laughs> and then this and this and this question here. Just a whole episode dedicated to those two. Okay, I'm going to give this one a shot. And I'm the people that I'm saying we're going to get rid of, I'm going to try to replace them with players that play that same position or very close. Okay. So, number 1 would be Daniel Rios. Um, okay. So just give me Insigne. I'm looking for oh. a tag. Oh, that's <laughs> from yeah, Toronto. Just, just swap that with Daniel I mean, Rios. That's, 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 totally not a, that's not a like for like. I get it. So just shut up. I get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's yeah. fine. There was, uh, no, there was no parameters to this, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one um, would probably be Jordi Alcivar, just because he just doesn't seem like he likes it here. We talked about this last episode, too. Uh, I think he would just probably have a lot more fun and success somewhere else. Um, and then just give me Drew uh, Drewusi from Austin FC. Oh. No big deal. <laughs> That's just, no, just, just, just who I take. Uh, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna trade two guys that are hardly getting any minutes in our roster to just you know. Top, this is this is hypothetical. <laughs> um, so the third one would be Harrison Awful, uh, and then I always get his last name wrong. Era Rahu, I think, from LA Galaxy. He's the right back. I need you to say it again more with more confidence, sir, just so that way I'm not the only one saying names wrong if that's the case. I think it's Arahu. I can't I can cool. never get his last name right. But anyway. Um, I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I would take I would take him. The right right back is hard in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um or just anybody from Philadelphia Union. Speaking of which uh, I would get rid of Joseph Moore and I would get Kai uh, Wagner or Wagner yeah. or whatever you want to say um, from Philly. And then the last one would be Derek Jones. And then just give me uh honey Mukhtar from Nashville, please. Oh, yeah. That's simple. Just, just make the MLS all-star roster. That's, that's all you need. Hey, it's just hypothetical. It's who I'd get. Yeah. No. yeah. So I, I did not have as much time to pre think about this as much as I wanted to. So I'll, I will come back, Paul drop this in slack uh, with my with my thoughts so i'll just put them all with ajax players it's it's fine I'm there sure. we go yeah <laughs> um so this next question is from mark uh portrius i believe is how you say it um so mark apologies if that's incorrect um when can we 
And when can we send Jozwiak back to Poland? I guess is when. That's not. That's not what that question says. It, it's not what it says, but I guess that's the content. I con- context to it. It says technically, when can we the potato Jozwiak? I think. Back I think what Poland. he's saying is, when can we send the potato Jozwiak back to Poland? Which is hilarious um when can we send him back i was I, trying to be a soldier sir and not you know no re, I, I, you know i got the i see the question in front of me now like yeah. let's um i love that he called him a potato um i i don't think we'll send him back to poland i don't think no matter what i don't think we'll just send him back to poland we might send him to another team somewhere else but um <laughs> Obviously, Mark does not like Yozwiak, and there's no, a lot no. of people that I'm don't. I'm now imagining Mark bringing a, a two-pole or, like, you know, those cardboard cutouts into the stadium, <laughs> like the fat heads of just a potato. And we'll yeah. know where Mark is in the stadium next time by that. Oh, so. man. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think we'll send him off anytime soon, especially since MLS cap and salary increases next year potentially, and he won't be a DP anymore. He'll be a TAM-level yeah. player. I, I don't think we're going to get rid of him. I think we'll probably stick with him, and I think the team will most likely move on from Jordi Reyna faster than they would from Jozwiak at this point. So, especially from age and potential perspective. So, yeah, I, you know, I I still have hope for Jozwiak. So I, you know, I'm hoping that the rest of the season and next season he can contribute a lot more. Um, and you know, we talked about raising our standards. We we might go out and get another left mid who who knows mm-hmm. um and he could yeah. be a a depth piece um or we you know might get some good money for him who knows so we may we may move him on but we'll see yeah and, and i think vaughn shared it in the last episode like that year two for some of these international players coming to mls is when they typically start yeah. to get better right and so hopefully that's what we see hopefully yeah. um camille makes an impact and starts to impress during training heading into the off season and um show something different so for sure. Yep. Mark, thank you for that question. Thanks for breaking me from a from a, a laughing perspective when I, <laughs> when I was reading that. So thank you for that. Uh, so this next question comes from Tyler Kinley. Um, so what are some good soccer documentaries or shows that you're watching right now, Matt? I have one that I'm watching right now, but I want to know what you're what you're watching or what you recommend. Um, well, the new Wrexham documentary is that, pretty. That, that would be mine. Is that yeah. the one you're watching? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. entertaining uh, for sure. Um, the All or Nothings. Have been really good. They've done one on Man City, yep. Tottenham, and and Arsenal. They're all good. Uh, even if you don't like those teams, I, I I think they're very informative. You get to always like to see the the back end and what the the front office does and goes through and how that all works. One of my favorite, I have to say, and it's a team I don't like, is uh, Sunderland till I die. I think this. You didn't like that. No, no, no! It's a team that I don't like. Oh, I'm but sorry. But it's one I'm of sorry. my thought, it's yeah. one of my favorite ones, actually. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to to watch that, I would highly, highly recommend that. Um, you get to see how stuff at the trade deadline works and how difficult it can be. Yeah. So yeah, very- that that was probably one of my favorite shows to watch, especially because that was when it came out. It was like or when it started getting really popular it was during lockdown for COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And so. You got to see really, um, like you said, like that was the first example of really me getting back into soccer and understanding what oh. a transfer window was and being able to see a player where Sunderland was trying to sign a big name player. I think he was from France or somebody. And he was already there. 
doing his promotional photo shoots, holding up the kit, had everything ready to go. But then it fell through at the last minute because the club didn't send something through fax or some craziness. Mm-hmm. And they had to ship him and his dad back off away from after doing the whole photo shoot. It was mind blowing to see that happen. So yeah. um, Sunderland Till I Die is a really great show. I mean, it's not a team that I follow per se, mm-hmm. um, but um, Wrexham is definitely a show. Like, you know, Welcome to Wrexham is, is definitely something just because, you know, it's, you know, you've got um, Ryan Reynolds and, um, you know, Oh shoot! I forgot his name from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" is part of it as well. Rob, Rob, Rob Mac, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so like it, it's it's entertaining. It's it's cool to see a um, an organization try to move up from that Nations League back up to into League Two and League One and you potentially Nash- championship and that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, yeah, entertaining for sure. Yeah. Um, so those are the two that I would recommend. I, I, I all or nothing. Haven't watched them. I'm stuck in a hotel room the next week, Matt. So I might watch some of those. I would so. watch all three of them. They're all three. I yeah. mean, I can't stand Tottenham, but, um, it was, it was highly. And there are certain parts of these shows where even if you don't like a team, you see some real human moments and you get to see some mm-hmm. other sides of players that you don't see because you just see them play on Saturday or Sunday and you hate their guts. But then you see some other things that you're like, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I think that's the cool thing for me is to see the hu- the human element from it from that perspective as well. So, yep. um, so thanks Tyler for the for the question. This next one comes from Russell Varner, the ever loving Dodger owner mm-hmm. of Russell Varner. So <laughs> shout out to you, Russell. Um, would you rather win ugly or lose pretty? Right now, when ugly, or yeah, when ugly, just I agree. Uh, any way that you can, um, winning pretty or losing pretty, I, I don't have any interest in right I, now. I just want to win. I could, I could care less how we win. I just rather win than lose. So, yeah, yeah, right I, um, I, I, you know, vanity metrics that I, I don't want. I don't need those. Don't want those. Uh, passing the ball around and all that. I, I don't have any use for it right now. Just, yep. I don't care if it's, uh, if we get 15 on goals the rest of the season, just that's how. <laughs> just, let's, get, let's, just get just, some wins. Just get in the goddamn goal. <laughs> yep. Um, so this next one is from, and I'm probably going to butcher this last name again, so I apologize, Andy. Um, Andy Perullo. Yeah. There you uh, go. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, so my goal is to now finish above Atlanta. What is your, your goal is for the rest of the season for the team. Yeah. Big shout out to Andy. She, uh, she's been asking a lot of questions and I think yeah. actually David, she, uh, has volunteered to join us for our world cup shows. Nice. She's going to take Argentina, I believe. Hmm. Um, so, but to answer her question, yes. Um, that's a great goal to have. Um, they very, uh, matter of factly, told us what all titles we haven't won yet um considering that was our what second game (laughs) um you don't have all these titles well no shit sherlock uh we've played two games with their tifo of their multi-million dollar owner holding a trophy Yeah. yeah um so it would be good in our first year to finish above them and say hey uh, we've only been in the league together one year and we finished better than you so some bragging rights there would be nice um I would like to see us pick up uh, a couple more 
more wins. I would like to win all all rest of our home games. I'll say that, uh, which is that's still difficult, but at least do that. Let's let's remake this a fortress that it it was. Uh, and end on a on a high note. I, I know the last game's on the road, but still, let's um, let's win yeah, a couple of I, these home games. I think finishing above Atlanta would be a fantastic goal, and I think we could easily do that. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Winning out the rest of the home games, I think, would be a fantastic goal. Yep. Point blank. I mean, we got what three more home games? Be nine more points. Be yeah. able to finish almost forty-two points. Yeah. Forty-one, that's, forty-two that's, points. I think that's respectable for an expansion side. And, to, and then that way you can you can tweet out to all the pundits about how they were wrong being a 13th, 14th place. Definitely, so. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. So thanks for the question, Andy. I look forward to having you join us for Argentina here in a little bit. So yeah. um, this next question comes from Tom or Todd Graydon. So was or is the club now trying to evaluate who to keep for this next year with the starting lineup? So could that explain some of the rotations we're seeing lately? And then he also says um, he heard Lloyd Sam make a reference to it in pregame. So that's the first question I want to ask you, Matt, is do you think that's what's going on with the roster lately? I don't think so. Because I, I honestly don't think Daniel Rios is going to be here. Um, I I can maybe concede where Zorn is like, hey, we need to play Yozwiak. He's a designated player. He needs minutes. He needs to get going. I could maybe see him mentioning that to the coach. But I don't think... I mean, they're evaluating who we're going to keep for sure, but I, I don't think that is, that dictated, especially this last starting lineup. Insanity pretty much dictated the last starting lineup. Yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, I don't think if you asked anyone from the front office like Zoran uh, or from the scouting team would have been like, hey, do you think we should start Daniel Rios as, yeah, the, as the starting 11 for a playoff push? I don't think anyone would have been like, yeah, let's do it, right? I, I, I mean, um, I, I think Zorn probably may have asked him after this game. I I, I would. Yeah, sure. and, and the scouting team like, hey, um, so why did you start Daniel Rios? What What's that about? Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I I just don't, I don't think that they're the that they're the leading factor per se. Um, sure, are they evaluating just like the, just like they do every week? I'm sure they're out there watching and evaluating what they have either way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think that they're starting the roster. But I think even the last episode, you and Vaughn talked about it. Like we're already starting our youth. Like we're already got players that are coming in and start. I mean, Quinn McNeil, Ben Bender, Milanda. Like we've we've got players Vargas starting and getting significant minutes that's going to be here next season we've we're already seeing the future start right now right so I don't mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be anything different um and I don't think they're influencing per se so that was part one of his question the second question is um do you think the front office is the one that's calling the shots they they believe so um, so do you think Big Papa Tep is, is making those calls? Do you think Zoran's making those calls? But uh, Tepper Tepper yeah. is not going to be dictating who starts. I, I, I can say that for sure. Um Zorn might dictate uh, again, like a like I said earlier, like maybe questioning saying, Hey, uh, we gotta get Yozuak some more minutes, right? Uh, we're paying mm-hmm. him all this money, let's get him on the field. Um, but I don't think they're calling the shots on who's getting minutes. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, and unfortunately, I think it's the coach making these decisions and I'm, I, I'm almost kind of hoping someone steps in and be like, Hey, 
you could have started Andre. Why is Andre not getting minutes? Why is Reyna, why did Reyna stop getting minutes? Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the front office is calling the shots on who's getting minutes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, so last questions from Matt Barbie. So Matt wants to know, have we been letting Kalina off the hook too often with this poor ball distribution? I know we'd mentioned that earlier. So mm-hmm. kicking the ball directly out of bounds, kicking the ball along directly to the other team, short passes and bad possessions that lead to turnovers and goals, et cetera. We both have all talked about, you know, super Kalina. Kalina kept us in some of these games early on way too often than we needed to be. Um, and it's been great at times, right? Um, but do you think we've been letting him off the hook and kind of yes. letting those early performances carry over and not letting yes. us hold him accountable? Yes. Yeah, I, I said earlier, I think his distribution has been poor. Um, there's been a couple of goals that have been let in that I, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. So, um, again, I hope it's temporary. I, I do think our defense kind of masked some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, a, a goalkeeper has a tough position, man. Like their mistakes it is a are position. Yeah, yeah, and their mistakes are magnified times ten because uh, usually their mistakes lead the goals. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash him, but I, I do think we've been letting him off the hook a little bit because people love Kalina. He's really good with the fans, which is amazing. He always takes the time to to stop and sign autographs, and he's just he he he's a good guy. Um, but as far as the play, I would like to see him clean up a few aspects of his game. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So, yep. and, and frankly, I, I know Mark's is youth and has potential there, but I don't think we have anybody better right now. So mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. So, um, that's it for the fan Q and A's Matt. So let's talk about one last thing before we hang up the mics for the night. Um, I know you've been pumping and sharing about the light the night event and what you've been doing with that. But let's talk about the mint city collective kit and the mm-hmm. mint the night kit, because it's almost pre-orders are almost turned off. I think we have less than when this episode airs, you have less than 24 hours to pre-order your kit. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. All the proceeds are going to go to LLS, uh, in this light, the night event. Um, yeah, David, do you want to talk about like who created it and, and all that stuff too? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's a partnership, right? And so the cool thing is, is Olive and York. Um, so for those who aren't aware, um, they're they're a, a custom kit, caps, scarves, etc. Company. They they do stuff for soccer, um, and they've done stuff like you know repro- reproductive rights kit for mm. um, different organizations. They've done things all. They have a really cool thing because like, we were just talking about earlier about how shit the. The, the national team kit is for this season. <laughs> um, but what they did is they decided to take 32 uh, or no, sorry, I think either 32 or 64 custom kits that they've had their designers make for the national team. And they are letting them basically uh, do like a, you know, March madness style tournament and letting fans vote on Twitter on which kit is better. And they're down to the final two. And let me tell you right now, there's those two final kits that they may make are 10 times better than what the national team is going to be putting out and Nike here soon. But anyways, yeah. Um, but they, they're making a custom kit for us. Um, you know, it, it, they, they have designers, they have folks that really listen to us. We, you know, I was the one that was interacting with them and asking them like, Hey, could you do this for us? Um, they do a lot of fundraising opportunities like this. So it's not like they're sitting here and, 
um, or Mint City Collective sitting here making a profit off of this. They're, we're paying for the cost of the kit. And then all the proceeds on top of that are going to mm -hmm. um, Light the Night and LLS um, to be able to help support these this nonprofit organization for it too. Yep. Um, so the pre-orders end um, on September 8th. So September 6th and the 7th. So if you're listening to this episode tomorrow, which is on the 7th, you have by the end of today to get your pre-order in. Um, and then they'll produce it, should be shipped to you within three to four weeks. Um, and then all the proceeds go to this organization. Would love to see folks wear this kit, potentially like the last home tailgate. It'd be awesome to wear. Wear it out to light the night um, mm -hmm. event with you and walk. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but make sure you, you get your order in as soon as possible. So that way you can make sure you get your hands and on it. And how many have we have so far pre-ordered? Um, so I think last time I asked, um, I think we have over 120, 130 kits so far. Nice. So I think it's awesome to see. That's a ton of money going to the organization. I think it's over two to three thousand, or almost twenty five hundred dollars going to nice. uh, this this event, which is fantastic. Um, so I'm super excited to see that because we hit the threshold where more money goes to goes to charity because the cost goes down. Yeah. Um, but make sure you do this. Uh, it's been a great partnership with them. They've listened to everything that we've asked them to do. Um, they've been super open for communication. They're a great organization. I'll definitely be looking at them some more, mm -hmm. maybe for some future stuff too. So yeah. um, check them out. Yeah. And we've we've hit the halfway mark in our fundraising goal nice. total. That's without Heck these. Yeah, that's, and that's without these, um, these the, the kit proceeds. Um, so we had a goal of $10,000. And when we say LLS, this goes to the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, so that's what we mean when we say LLS is to, of course, uh, fight and cure cancer. Um, so, yeah, we just hit over 5000 I think we're technically at $5,067.18. Not really sure how the $0.18 got in there. That's a very specific number there. So, <sighs> so. But it is what it is. Uh, and every cent does count. So if you haven't donated yet or want to just donate again, seriously, even if it's a dollar, uh, it's it's going to help. We would love to hit that 10K goal. I know all the other supporter groups, too, are chipping in. Uh, and I want to say the overall goal is 20,000. Um, mm. But I I wanted us to to raise as much money as possible. And if we go over 10,000, that is, that is uh, even more amazing. So if you haven't donated yet, please do. You can find the link uh, on, on Twitter uh, in our Slack, um, or you can message the show or me directly and I can give it to you. But literally, ser seriously, if it's just $1, it will help a ton. So, but I really appreciate everyone who has donated so far. Yeah. So it's a great, great cause, great organization. It's doing some great work and thanks Matt for all that you're doing and spreading the word and getting people to help contribute and support this. Um, I'll just plug, I know Wesley and QC Royals has a soccer ball that's been signed by the team that is also up for auction right now. Mm -hmm. um, and that is raising funds for the same organization to walk the night. So uh, make sure you check that out as well. Um, but please, please, even if it's a dollar, two dollars, every little bit helps, make sure you do check us out and make sure you contribute any way that you can. It is greatly appreciated no matter what. So, um, well, Matt, I think that sums it up for tonight i i'm getting close to vaughn's record for the episode but i'm, I'm not quite there yet <laughs> i don't think so um his is much more polished but it's okay i'll, I'll take it so uh, any final thoughts or closing thoughts for you sir before we hang it up for the night 
No, we've, we, well, yes, we've had a couple of people reach out for, uh, <laughs> we're going to do some world cup, uh, episodes. Um, we'll probably do like maybe two a week and go over each group. Uh, so we have individuals taking individual teams, uh, or more than one team. Um, we're getting lots of, uh, volunteers. So if you have a team in mind that you would like to cover, Uh, and come on the podcast and talk about them throughout the tournament, please hit us up. Uh, Should be a lot of fun and a lot of great content and a lot of different perspectives. So looking forward to it. And I am am taking suggestions for teams you want me to cover. So please Mm. give me some – drop your DMs. Let me know who you want me to cover because I'm pretty sure – um, Matt has an idea, but I'll be open to any suggestions <laughs> as well. So. All right. That's all I got, David. Awesome, guys. Well, appreciate y'all. Make sure you like, subscribe, and rate. Drop a review on us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Google Podcasts, please drop it in there. It helps us out so much. Make sure you do that, and we'll talk to you soon. See you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>